Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and got a fun one for you today, guys. This is episode 91, June 14th, 2018, and today we're setting up a rabbit tree. Uh, our question today comes in from uh, Ty, so I just kind of want to jump right into it because uh, I think there's quite a bit here. And I want to, I just want to get to it because uh, I want to drag it out too long. At first, when I first got it, I thought, all right, a rabbit question, because I like rabbit questions. You know, I, I feel like I know quite a bit about rabbits and, and dealing with rabbits. And, you know, at first I just thought simple answer. I'll be able to burn through this pretty quick. And then the more I got to thinking about it, it, it kind of turned into a little brain exercise for me, really thinking about how to, to do this. But Ty asks, what are some best ways to set up a rabbit tree? I have three does and a buck in separate outdoor hutches at this time. I have been receiving large amounts of requests for rabbit meat. So in order to capitalize, I want to expand my operation. I was thinking of building a small rabbit-specific barn, but I have no clue where to start. What should the dimensions be? What type of ventilation should I use? What kind of watering system works best? Should I make it climate-controlled, etc.? And how to do all this without breaking the bank? Great question. Had a lot of fun thinking about this one. Uh, well, you know, I have to assume some things. When you say you want to increase your your uh, operation or expand your operation, I mean, I don't know what exactly that means, how, how big you're wanting to be. You, you have right now three does, one buck. So I'm going to make some assumptions on this, and you can scale up or down according to what I talk about. And I'm going to build a rabbit tree. I'm going to triple, I'm going to triple your, uh, your operation. We're going to go like nine does and probably a couple bucks, uh, maybe two or three bucks. So we're talking, you know, a dozen, uh, rabbits, uh, breeding stock. Okay. Roughly. And you can alter that one way or the other, just a little bit if you want or, or whatever, but that's, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot to take care of. It's a, you know, it's, it takes up quite a bit of space too. You're going to be surprised as we, we start talking about just how much space you might need, uh, for even that many rabbits when you consider grow out pins and things like that. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, first thing you're going to probably want to consider is where to put the rabbitry. Now, when I received your question, uh, you said you were in Louisiana, so uh, obviously uh, it's hot there. I mean, uh, I'm in Indiana, you're in Louisiana. It's quite a difference in, in temperature. And um, one of the biggest challenges I have with rabbits is the summer heat. I mean, they don't like it. 
Um, it can, it can hurt them. I mean, it can, it can kill your rabbits. Uh, so, you know, temperature is going to be a big factor where you're at now. Sounds like you're already raising some rabbits outside. You said you have your rabbits in outdoor hutches at this time. Sounds like you've got rabbits that are adapted to the heat. They're doing well. They're outside in the weather. Um, and they're doing okay. So I'm going to assume you just got a really good stock that's adapted to the, to the hot weather and you're fine there. So that's going to help. Um, you know, if you were, if you were raising something that was, uh, more of a show stock or more of a, uh, a fur, uh, something you were raising for the, like a hair rabbit for the fur or, you know, something like that, it would change everything about this. But these are, these are meat rabbits. They're adapted to the weather, obviously. And, um, you know, so that's going to help. And so that, that opens up our options. It doesn't change a ton of stuff, but it does open up our options to what you might want to build. So let's talk about where you're going to want to put this rabbitry. You're going to want to put this rabbitry in the coolest spot you can, uh, because you're in Louisiana. I mean, if you've got the shade of a tree or the shade of a building, especially in from the evening sun, that's going to be a good place to build this thing because you don't want the sun beating on it. If you can avoid it, it's going to really help with the temperature inside that building. So that's the first thing I'm going to start off. I'm going to try to find a place to put this thing. That's going to be ideal for the rabbits. Second, let's just talk about options for building design. Now I think there's, I'm going to look at three, three options. Um, there, there's more, you can expand on this. There's some different ways to do this, but I'm going to talk about three that I think you might want to consider or, or, uh, alter these three a little bit. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is kind of just an op open concept. Um, around here, if you go to like state parks and things, I mean, it's probably this way where you're at, but they build these shelter houses in state parks where it's just a, it's just kind of like poles and a roof and they always have picnic tables under that roof and you can go in there and kind of hang out. This is a pretty good idea. And I've seen several people do this in, um, uh, climates like yours down in Florida, Louisiana, in that area is you just have a roof, uh, and, and a shelter house basically. Now this isn't a building per se, like you're looking to build, but this can be a good idea. Now you can take the, uh, uh the building and, and what you can do is, uh, if I'm putting this up and I got to doing some measurements for this and what it would take. And I'm all like my, I'm going to go large cages for you. Uh, I like my rabbits in big cages, especially the does because it gives them some room to, to, to have their kits. And, and, and as they grow up and jump out of the nesting box, there's a little bit more room in there to, um, to hop around and move around and stuff. So I'm going to go with like uh, 36 by 36 cages. I mean, it's a big cage. You know, a three foot by three foot cage is a big cage. A lot of people say you don't need a cage that big for rabbits. I like I like big cages for my rabbits. If I'm going to raise them in cages, I want them to have some room in there to move around and, you know, play a little bit and do what they got to do. So let's go 36 by 36. And let's think about what it's going to take. Now, because expense is obviously an issue. I mean, I'll... Let me just back up a little bit. If you were building this in a, if, if you already had the building, if you say you had a garage or, or a barn, you were converting over to a rabbitry, I would tell you differently, but because we're building from scratch, I'm going to try to save you some money and we're going to make this building a little smaller. Um, but, uh, and, and what I mean by that is we're going to double stack our cages. I don't usually like doing that. I don't do that. I don't actually have that kind of a setup in my, uh, rabbitry. And by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about my setup at the end because I did things ultra cheap, but you probably won't want to go the way I went. <laughs> and I'll tell you why when we get to that, but you're probably going to want to stack your cages because it's going to, it's going to drastically cut down on the price of this building. So we're going to go double stacked and I'll tell you how we're going to set those cages up when we get to them so that, you know, we're not dropping uh, urine from the top cage to the bottom cage on top of the heads of the other rabbits below, but 
by double stacking your cages, the building isn't going to have to be as long or as uh, it isn't going to have to be as long because your cages, of course, are double stacked. So, so how many cages are we going to need anyway? I for an operation this size, you're going to really want about 16 cages. And you think, well, why when I only have say 11 rabbits, which is what you're looking at if you basically triple your operation. The reason is you're going to have to have some grow out pins. I mean, these things are going to be constantly having kits and and as those kits are weaned they're going to have to go in separate cages uh, where you're going to raise them up to for for processing and you're going to have to have some room for that so you're going to need a few extra cages because um, you know just for the expansion purposes so let's go we're going to build a rabbitry if we're going to triple production like i said you can scale this up or down depending on what you want to do but we'll talk a little bit about the the numbers here in a little bit um you're going to want about 16 cages of 36 by 36 Start doing the math. That adds up. I mean, when you start considering the length, if you were putting these all in a row and not double stacking, uh, you're going to need like a, a very long building because that's going to, you know, uh, we're going to run them right down the middle. Now, this first open concept building design I want to talk about, like I said, it's the open concept. It's just a shelter house type setup. You got a roof. You got, uh, you, you can use um, big poles. You build it like a pole barn. You just sink the poles into the ground every few feet, probably about every four feet. You drive a, a post in the ground, and and you're going to go around the top of that with, say, a 2 by 10 uh, all the way around the poles, around the top, and then you're going to set your trusses across that. And um, you can buy trusses pretty cheap. Now, how big is this shelter house going to be? This is going to be your biggest um, building option because doing this, you can't put the cages on the sides. Because they're going to get rain on them. I mean, the wind's going to blow in sideways. They're going to get rain. So all your cages are going to go in the middle of this thing. And you're going to have to bring them about four feet in on the ends to keep them from just getting soaked all the time. You want them under the roof. Um, so you're looking at about a 20-foot by 16-foot shelter house. It sounds big. It is big. But it's like I said, it's open concept. We're going to talk about multiple uses for this thing in a little bit. Um, but... Here's the thing. I mean, it's not going to be it's not going to really be any more expensive than another building that's a lot smaller because you're not putting up uh you're not going to have to worry about ventilation. You're not going to have walls in it other than uh, fencing, which we're going to talk about. Um it's going to save you some money on several in several ways because it's basically just posts and a roof. Uh, and it can be a metal roof. It can be a wood roof with shingles. You can do that different ways. Both you know, are good. Wood's gonna, roof's going to be a little cheaper. Metal roof's going to last a little longer. So, And it's going to go up quicker. So there's some different options there. If you're double stacking your cages down the middle, now you're going to want to build a wall down the middle. And, and what I say by build a wall is you're going to have to put the studs in. You put two by four stud wall down the middle. Now, why are we going to do this? Because we have to have a place to hang the cages. I mean, they're going to have to be attached to something. Um because this is all wire cages. There's no wood involved in these cages. And we're going to talk about building the cages too, because we're going to save you some money on the cages. So I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang the, the, or I'm going to put up a two by four stud wall. No, no, nothing on the outside of it except for tarps. I'm just going to hang tarps on that. And here's why we're going to hang tarps on it. Cause we're going to double stack these cages. And on the bottom, on the bottom of the top cage, you're going to basically build a, a, a sled system. Uh, they're going to drop their waist onto this this um, angled metal. It's going to slide back behind the cage under it and then fall to the floor. You're going to want to hang a tarp up behind that because you're going to get some splatter and, and, and stuff, and it's going to hit. You don't want that just saturating your uh, studs and weakening the uh, the wall. You're going to hang a tarp on that and then hang your cages on the on the wall with the tarp behind them. 
Um, and you're going to pull them out a little bit from that. You're going to actually put a little spacer in there so that the waste has some room to slide back behind the cage uh, that it's on top of and drop to the floor. So that's your setup. You got eight cages on each side of this wall, down both sides of this wall in the middle, um, double stacked, four cages long. So it's eight cages on each side, three feet a cage, it's 12 feet. Plus, you're going to want to bring those in from the ends a little bit so rain isn't blowing in and getting inside the cages. So you're going to come in about, you know, probably three or four feet on the ends. So you're going to want probably an 18 to 20 foot building, probably 20 feet long and probably around 16 feet wide because, again, you're coming in from the sides where wind's blowing in from the sides. So 16, you got three plus the wall you know, uh, a few more inches. So plus you're, you know, plus you're spaced out away from that wall a little bit. So let's just say a foot in the middle, um, plus the six feet of cage at uh, three feet on each side. So seven feet, you're coming in about another four feet on each side, maybe a little less. And you got about a 16 foot wide building there. So, so we're going to build a 20 by 16 shelter house. And now we're going to take, and we're going to take like two by four welded wire fencing and we're going to put that on all the walls all the way around and then make a door in the front out of the fencing as well. And one option, one thing that's really good about this is ventilation is not an issue. I mean, you, you got an open uh, a place and wind's going to cut through there and they're going to be out in the weather more for sure, but they're going to have a roof over their head. But where you live, that's just not a big issue. I mean, here, I'd never build this because it'd be, you know, we have harsh winters. And and even though rabbits do great in the winter, um, you, you, I would have to hang tarps and stuff in there to, to not freeze them to death because you don't want them out in the wind, you know, in the winter time around here. Where you're at is probably not an issue. <laughs> so um, now you do get some pretty strong rainstorms, I'm sure, and, and some bad weather. So you're going to have some you know, some rain cutting through there and, and hitting the cages. And now even with my cages here, even though they're enclosed, I have boxes in all their cages because I like them. Rabbits just love to have a little privacy. So I've built these little wooden boxes. And you got a pretty large cage here. And I have a little, little and it's got a little opening and it's fully enclosed. And they jump in there and sit because they want some privacy. They want to jump in there and kind of hide out. And if you put boxes like that, when the bad weather comes, they'll just jump in their boxes. They'll stay dry um, and they'll get out of the weather. And, uh, and, and you know, so you won't have to worry about them. So I would just throw a small little box just big enough to hold them basically inside their cage. And it's all, it's got all four sides of floor and a top. They won't use the bathroom. Mine don't use the bathroom in it or anything like that. Cause they like to get in there and lay down and um, just get some privacy and kind of hide. Um, it's what rabbits like. I mean, they're used to getting down in burrows and, and hiding themselves. So give them a little box to, to hide in, in there. And that'll even get them out of the weather more when they want to. Um, but this is a pretty good idea for where you live. And it's going to, you're not going to have to do any kind of climate control. You're obviously not going to have to put in any kind of ventilation because it's completely open. And your rabbits are used to this. They're already outside. You've got them in outdoor hutches. They they already know what the weather's like. They can handle it. This is a good idea because, like I said, it's just a roof. It's cutting down some prices because you're not putting up wood siding or metal siding on a building. And the the downside is it's a larger building because you're lim you're using only the space in the middle also you're not going to have storage space really um there's it isn't you can't really put things in there for storage that you got to keep dry you're probably going to have to keep your feed you have to either build something that's waterproof out there or you're going to have to keep it in a separate place and carry the feed to the uh, to the rabbits because you're not going to be able to keep the feed dry just in a like a trash can or something it, it, there's going to be some now, moisture gathering in there. So there's there are a few downsides to this. Uh, let's talk about another building option. And you mentioned it. You said like a small um, 
a small building, a small specific rabbit specific barn. And you're probably thinking like one of them little um, mini sheds that look like a barn or whatever. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that. I think that's a good idea. Um, a couple of ways you could build that. You could build it like a shed with two by four uh, stud walls, or you could build it like a like a pole barn type setup where you're putting, like we did the shelter house, you're putting the posts in the ground and, and standing it, building your roof, um, putting siding on the posts, but you're building it like a, like a barn. Uh, or you can just build it like a shed. Like I said, two by four walls. I'm still leaving dirt floor. I'm not putting a concrete or wood floor in this thing. I like dirt floors under rabbits. And, and the reason why is it soaks up the urine. I kept rabbits on a cement floor for a while in a garage and, uh, and, and it just, you can clean that up and you can keep it fairly clean. But the fact is urine sitting on that pavement and, and the urine is what smells. It really does. Where if they're on a dirt floor, it cuts dramatically down on any kind of smell because, um, that urine just soaks right into the ground and you just don't have the smell issues like you do with concrete and, and definitely wood. It would definitely soak into wood and hang out on wood. So I definitely would not have a floor in this thing at all. It's going to be a dirt floor. So you're building a building. And you can either choose if you're going to have it like a, a, a pole barn style where the posts are driven into the ground or uh, two by four uh, studded walls. Now, this is going to be dramatically smaller. And you might ask why. Well, we're going to be able to hang the cages on the outside walls, not down the center. So again, we don't have to have that space uh, allowing for rain to like blow in sideways and things like that. We can eat up the entire wall. So now, because we got 36 inch cages, four wide, double stack, we can go. We can go by just 12 feet because that's the length of our cages. So now we're just uh, four cages, double stacked, eight cages on each side on the sides, open down the middle. So we got a 12 foot building. So how wide does it have to be? Well, again, three feet. You probably want at least four feet in the middle, okay? So you're six and four, ten feet. Because uh, you've got a four-foot walkway down the middle and three-foot cages hanging on each side. you got a little bit of gap there, so you're probably only going to have about three and a half feet because you got to pull them you got to pull them uh, cages away a little bit from the side. So you're looking at, at roughly a 10 by 12 uh, building. You might go a 12 by 12, allow a little bit more room to have your cages out, a little more room down the middle, run a wheelbarrow and, um, uh, do your cleanup and such. So it's another good option. It's a lot smaller of a building, but the expense goes up a little bit because now you're putting on wood or metal sides. Um, you're putting in some ventilation because you're going to have to have ventilation in there. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to have a fan, you know, pulling out, uh, with an operation this size, because you're going to have a lot of waste. You're going to have a lot of smell. You're going to have to get that out of there. You're going to get some airflow in there. Um, you may or may not be looking at climate control if you can't get enough uh, airflow on your rabbits. I'm probably not doing climate control. There are some advantages to climate control. So let's just talk about that for a minute where you're at. Because if you're doing, if you run an air conditioner on your rabbits, um, breeding is going to be a little bit more dependable. Uh, you, maybe you've experienced this in your area, but I hear a lot of folks down in southern states raising rabbits in the weather uh, without using climate control have some trouble with breeding because a lot of times the bucks go sterile in the summertime uh, temporarily uh, and there's just, there's some breeding issues. Um, so by running climate control, you're going to have a more uh, consistent breeding schedules probably. Uh, probably be able to you know use them year-round like that. Of course, you're going to have less loss probably. I mean, when uh, heat, if you get like consistent days over 100 degrees, I mean, that's hard on rabbits. Um, 
but there's some downsides. I mean, you're, you're going to be using a lot of electricity and you're going to have to insulate the building, uh, to get the, to make it the most efficient, which is even more cost. I'm not doing climate control. I mean, if I'm you, I'm, I'm, these rabbits are going to be adapted to the heat or I'll get rabbits that are, but I am going to put in some pretty heavy duty ventilation, get some good airflow in there. Um, for the ventilation, I'm probably going to use, um, I'm probably going to use a fan with the, uh, with the automatic shutters and, and, more towards the top of a, of the back wall, and I'm probably going to use like a 16 inch outdoor wall exhaust fan with automatic shutters. I'm going to put a link, uh, and it's an Amazon link. Uh, I, I'm only putting it there so you can look at it. I'm expecting you to buy this thing or anything, but um, you can click on that Amazon link in the show notes and go look at what I'm talking about. It's, it's a 16 inch, and it's going to pull a lot of air uh, through that through that building. Okay, and you're probably going to you're going to put one put ventilation on the other side towards the top. Uh, you're going to make a hole basically like a window above your door at the other end and, and fence that in. So it's going to have a, a fencing on it, uh, keep any animals from getting in there. And, and, and the shuttered exhaust fan on the other side pulling air through, and it's going to move a lot of air through that building. Now, this air is not going to hit your rabbits directly, though. You may, you very well may, with your heat situation, especially if you can't get this building in the shade, put some fans right on your rabbits. I do that here. I actually have box fans mounted at the end of my uh, cages, blowing through the cages, just to putting a good airflow right through the cages that I leave on all day, every day. And I turn it off at night, but I, I leave it on through the day and it moves through the summertime and it moves a lot of air right through the cages that uh, keeps the helps keep the rabbits cool. You may or may not want to do something like that. Your rabbits are pretty adapted, but this building could get hot even with the ventilation. The ventilation is actually, I mean, it's, it's pulling, it's keeping some temperature out of there, no doubt about it, but it's also helping with the, uh, the, the, the smell. So you're trying to keep the, the smell down out of there too. So the exhaust fans were doing that and it is, it's keeping the temperature down some, but you might have to put some, some air right on these, uh, put some wind right on these rabbits to keep them cool. But that's how I'm going to set that up uh, if I'm doing this kind of a system. I do want to talk about another way to raise rabbits in mass that you may or may not consider doing. Um, and there's some upsides and downsides to this, and that's uh, building rabbit tractors. Uh, not having a building at all. Uh, putting them on the ground in framed out boxes, fenced in boxes where they're eating the grass. You, there's a lot of advantages to this. I mean, the ground is obviously cooler. They're going to be able to lay right on the ground. They're um, going to be able to eat grass as you move them daily. You're going to have to go out there every day. There's the downside and move these rabbit tractors. They're going to be a little bit more prone to predators. Uh, so you're going to have to make these things out of some pretty heavy duty hardware cloth and you're going to have to put a fence floor in the bottom. I mean, some grass will come up through it, but they're going to have to be able to stand in this. So nothing could, uh, they can't dig out and nothing can dig in to get to them. Um, and it's going to be a, like a mesh floor, like a, like a, a half inch mesh because, uh, you don't want things like snakes getting in there and getting near rabbits. I mean, there, there's, you just have to make them really secure and really heavy duty and, and which makes them a little heavier, but you can also make them a little bit bigger, uh, because they're not that bad to drag, even if they're a little bit bigger, um, with a few rabbits in them. And you could raise rabbits this way. You could build several of these and you could just walk them across your property and then, you know, move them over and walk them back the other way. And, and they're kind of mowing the yard, eating the grass. They're taking less food. They are a little bit more work because you're having to go out there and not just feed and water your rabbits every day, but you're having to move your rabbits every day. But it's an option. You know, you're putting a roof over these things. So they're staying out of the weather a little bit. You're giving them a place to go in there where they can jump in when the weather gets bad. 
Now, if you have any kind of flooding, you have to watch out for that because, of course, they will drown if they're in water. As far as I know, rabbits don't swim very well, and you're going to have to... Uh, and you're going to have to do a little bit more work. But it's another option. And it's cheaper than building a building. You can throw those boxes together. You can put up several of those boxes and raise the amount of rabbits we're talking about a lot cheaper by building something like this. Again, there's some downsides to it. And, and they're more prone to disease. But if you're moving them every day and you're getting them out of their waste every day to where they're not you know, laying in their own waste, um, it will you know, cut down your chances of having coccidiosis, but there, there's a possibility that you could start having disease issues being on the ground as well. Some of the problems I ran into colony raising rabbits. So, uh, but that's colony raising. You generally aren't moving them every day, of course, but here you're going to be moving your rabbits. So, uh, it's going to be better and you can raise more of them in a cage. Um, now when breeding is a little tougher, you're gonna have to separate them. And I mean, it, it probably isn't the most ideal thing. I tell you what it is really good for when you're doing grow out pins, if you made your uh, building a little smaller and didn't account for grow out pins, you could actually put your grow out pins on the tractors and you're only keeping them out there for about a month in the tractors and a grow out pin. So you got all your rabbits together. It's less, it's less cages. You could actually do that. Do your grow outs in rabbit tractors. Just another option I wanted to throw out there instead of doing everything in a building, cut down on expenses. So let's look back at this again. The first option, you had a bigger roof, uh, open concept, uh, probably a little less convenient in some ways, probably no more expensive because uh, even though it's a lot bigger of a, of a shelter, uh, because of the design, uh, you have the closed in barn It has a few advantages like being smaller and being hidden where, you know, it's more uh, secure and, 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 um, you know, a little less out there in the open for the world to see and, and, and know what you're doing or, or even animals to see and know what you're doing. Uh, two different ways to do it. I, I personally like the first option. And, and here's another reason why, because I'm not real big on one use items and just try this exercise. See what you think about this. You got a building. It's probably going to be a little cleaner, a little straightened up. You got walls, you got, you know, it's, it's going to be better. Well-kept this open concept building where you got fence all around. Now, when I said put the two by four wire welded fence all around this thing, also at the very bottom, I'm probably going to put about two feet of like one inch of the 16 gauge hardware cloth all the way around the bottom to keep smaller animal and keep snakes and things like that from crawling in to it. Again, your rabbits are in cages. None of this is going to get to these cages, these rabbits in these cages, but you just want to keep the animals from getting even in this area. So you're fencing this in pretty dang secure. Now, because I said I don't like one-use items, here's another thing that this bigger open, um, you could do it with both, but the, the bigger open ones is going to work better for this. You could, uh, of course, you're catching all the rabbit droppings in there. Okay, now you're going to have to do pretty heavy cleanup. Uh, manure management is going to be really important. This thing's going to be a little easier to clean up. And also, if you have chickens, um, something really good to do is run your chickens in there to kind of turn all that and throw it around, toss it around, and you can pile it back up, and you can also use this for a composting system. You can just keep piling the manure. You can go in there with a shovel, run your chickens in there for a day, uh, through the day, a whole day, and they will just turn that compost and work it and poop in it some more and really cook it up good. And then you can just go in there and shovel it back up underneath the cages and let it cook a little longer. And then you could do that every you know few days, let your chickens in there, uh, let them just tear things up, clean up the poop, get out the bugs and mess with it a little bit. 
stir it up a little bit, go in there and pile it back up again until it's really good and composted. Then you can dig it out and you and pile it up. And now you've got a good pile of compost and the chickens have done the work for you. Uh, this is a great thing to do. You could do this in the, in the, in the enclosed building as well, but it's going to be a lot messier in there because you have a lot less room to work in this building. You're going to have a lot more room to get in there and do that. The chickens are secure because they're in this fenced in, uh, building. I think it'd be a pretty good idea, you know, and so your, your chickens are getting some food and some work, uh, your chicken and your, your compost is getting turned for you and, and getting, uh, and becoming real valuable. And, uh, and it's not going to be real hard for you to go in there and turn it because all you got to do is kind of go in there, scoop it, and pile it back up underneath the cages. Um, a little messy, but you know, livestock are messy. And I think it's a pretty good uh, uh, way to manage the manure and use it properly. So there you go. So I think I just like making some use of, of a building in more ways than just one because I believe in function stacking, you know, and I think you could, I think that option would be a better option for, for using other livestock and, and even doing the compost management or the, uh, the manure management. Um, let's talk about cages. Cages get expensive. If you're buying cages, um, you're probably looking at cages that are like 36 by 36. What was that like a $40 cage? Uh, I can get pretty costly. When you're talking 16 cages, that's pretty expensive. I'm going to make my cages from scratch. I'm going to save you some money here. I'm going to save you, if you was to buy each one of these cages, I kind of figured it up. You're probably looking around 650 if you were buying each one of these cages individually, 16 cages. If you uh, build them from the hardware cloth uh, and, and just make your own cages, you're looking at probably about 350 So you're saving a significant amount of money by uh, building your own cages. Just buy the... Um, 36 inch wide, half inch hardware cloth. And, and, uh, you can buy that. I, I'll put a link in the show notes for like 50 foot rolls and uh, it's not too bad. It's like $58, I think is what it was in Amazon for a 50 foot roll of that heavy duty welded gauge wire mesh. Uh, it's the 36, it's the 19 gauge, 50 feet of it, half inch holes. And that's, that's the best kind for their feet. Now you can go with a bigger mesh on the sides and the top and ends that's a little cheaper uh, bigger uh, holes bigger gaps um, if you want or you can just build it all out of the the, uh, the half inch but you're going to save quite a bit of money by building it yourself and you're going to just get the, uh, the the crimpers with the j hooks and make your cuts and and just uh, and make it all together you're just going to make them like all these cages are you're going to make individual cages you're going to go four cages at a time so you're going to go 12 foot roll, you just roll out 12 feet, cut it, roll out another 12 feet, cut it, you know, do this, uh, four times for your sides and your top and your bottom. And then you're going to cut your end pieces. And then you're going to cut the pieces that go in between each cage every 36 inches. And you're just going to stick those in. You're just going to go create, you're, you're going to be so tired of using those crimpers and those little J clamps that it, you'll be like upset and aggravated. But once you get done, you're going to be really happy because you saved a lot of money, uh, half, half your money on cages. So, uh, but I, you know, mine are like that. They're all together. They're not, they're not individual. I have some individual cages also, but the ones I normally keep the rabbits in are all put together like that four holes long and it works out really, really well. And something else you can do when that I've done, when you build your cages like this, that there's occasionally times where I have less rabbits. Like now I have less rabbits. I've kind of downsized for a while. I'm kind of just taking it easy on the rabbits and I have about half the rabbits I normally have. I actually put doors in between the, uh, every other cage 
So I can open up the cages and I, and when I've got less rabbits, I double their cage size and I let them have a little bit more room. So now they've got a six foot by three foot cage, which is a huge cage for a single rabbit. And it just gives them a little more room. Or if you uh, want to like do that and you have less rabbits for a time, you can open them up while they're, uh, uh, while they have their kits in there with them and give their kits and her a little bit more room to run around and you can kind of double your cage size. And then when you need that cage back, you just drop the door down. And I just kind of, and I'll just kind of tie it up. I'll tie it up to the top. I'll just zip tie it up when I'm, when I have them open for a long period of time, I'll cut the zip tie and then fasten it back down. Um, when I just want it back to a normal cage, it's just another option. Uh, just you can do when you have all your cages together like that, you can actually make doors in between the cages in, in the, the space between the cages. So that works out really well. So you're going to save a lot of money on your cages. You ask about watering systems. I'm definitely, with your system and where you're at, I'm definitely going with the brass rabbit nipple gravity uh, kits where you they have a little brass uh, uh, waterers and you got a quarter inch hose and a five gallon bucket. And I'll put a link to that kit. And this, this kit is set up for 20 uh, nozzles. Um, so you can put up to 20 of them in. I would still do the 16 and you just got you some extras in case one of them messes up or whatever. Something about these gravity feeds, uh, 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 nipples, check them every day, every day when you're watering and feeding your animals, go around and hit every one of those and make sure they're working. You don't want, especially in your climate, you do not want your rabbits going very long without water. So go around and hit those things every day and make sure they're all putting water out. Just take your finger and, and just press down on them and make sure they're, uh, they're working. Uh, but I'm definitely going with that in your system. I don't use it. And I'll tell you why I don't use them is because I can't use them half the year or a good four months out of the year because of the freezing temperatures. They don't work for freezing temperatures. You don't have that problem. I'm definitely using them if I was you because they are better in every way than bottles or bowls except for in cold weather. So uh, definitely in your situation, I'm using them. You're going to have you're going to have to buy a lot of feeders. Uh, you're going to uh, you're going to have some expenses. There's no doubt about it. But this is a great idea uh, to to expand your option your operation now. Here's the thing. I don't know what rabbit meat sells down there for. Up here, it's around five bucks a pound. Okay. Kind of just doing some rough numbers in my head. You're going to have some pretty good dollars in this building. That's why I would always recommend building this thing. Anytime I'm, I'm telling somebody to put up a rabbitry, it's better to use an existing building because when you're building from scratch, you've got some expenses. No doubt about it. I mean, building a, a building is not cheap. You're going to be looking at some pretty good costs on this. And just doing some numbers roughly on an operation this size, uh, you know, you're, you're putting, I'm breeding my rabbits about four times a year. I'm not going to, I don't push my rabbits. You might go more than that. You can breed them a lot more than that. I don't like breeding them more than about four times a year. I don't like wearing the rabbits out. I don't like putting the, the I just don't like wearing them down. And, and, you know, uh, it's hard on does, uh, birthing and raising rabbits constantly. And there's some people that'll do it. You know, as soon as they have the kits, they're already breeding them again. I don't do that. I give them a break. Uh, I won't breed them again until a couple weeks after they start stop nursing. And uh, so I'm probably breeding all my rabbits like every three months. I'm breeding each rabbit every three months. Now, I'm probably going to do this in threes if I'm in your operation. I'm probably going to like breed three of them one month, then another three, another month, and another three, another month. Yeah, and that's going to give them like a, a three months between breedings. That's going to give them four months or uh, four times a year. You're going to get kits from that rabbit. And mine average, I don't know, eight probably. 
uh, kits per rabbit. Uh, my butcher weight on a 12-week rabbit, I usually go 10 to 12 weeks. You can say 11 uh, is probably average, but I usually go 12. But let's just say you're going 11 or 12 weeks. I'm getting about three and a half pounds. I don't know what kind of ra- I don't know what breed of rabbit you're raising, but I usually get it out of my New Zealands similar and anything similar to New Zealand. Like I've got American chinchilla and I got cinnamon, uh, all about the same size. I'm getting about three and a half pounds uh, 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 processed weight. So at five bucks a pound, of course, I'm you know I'm making a decent little amount of money. I could make a decent amount of money on rabbits. I don't sell my rabbit meat, but if I were, you know, that's quite a bit of. of profit per rabbit because you're only really feeding them for just you know uh maybe six weeks you know because they're on uh, they're nursing for those first few weeks they start eating food but just a little and then once they go full blast eating they're only eating for maybe six weeks so you don't have a lot of expense in them that being said buildings are expensive best i could think about is you're probably going a year year and a half building the both any one of these buildings before you start seeing a profit selling even that much rabbit meat um, that's a while to go before you start seeing profit because just what you're going to make in profit uh, after feed and just other expenses uh, versus uh, building costs. And I'm not getting into specific numbers cause that's going to be so different, but just some rough numbers in my head. I was kind of tallying up on some paper. You're probably looking at a year and a half before you're going to start seeing a profit, even with the operation, the size I told you about. Now, if you go bigger, of course you're making more profit, but you're also looking at more expensive building. A little smaller, you know, again, I think it's going to be comparable either way because you're building from scratch. You're building a building from scratch and buildings aren't cheap, you know, with cages and, and building. And I mean, that's doing everything yourself, buying the trusses. Um, and, you know, that's the thing, uh, like we was talking about the two different buildings, you're going to have bigger trusses on that shelter house. You're probably have 16 foot trusses, right? That's, I was looking up some prices on that and that's almost 70 bucks a truss, uh, for your, for your, for your roof. Um, you know, on the other building, you're looking at like 40 something dollars a truss. It's about 25, 26, $27 more for the trusses on that bigger shelter house than it was for that smaller one. And you need less of them cause you're not as long. So, I mean, quite a bit of expense there, but again, you're putting up walls and a ventilation system and possibly insulation if you want a climate control. So, um, a lot of different, uh, options here i mean i'm just i'm just spitballing all kinds of things out because when i got your question it just got me thinking about all kinds of things i mean i'm thinking how would i do this and how would i do that and and, you know i don't mind spending other people's money but i'm trying to save you some money i don't want i i know because i mean one of the benefits of 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 raising small livestock is that they're they are cheaper to establish and one of the downsides is though the profit uh you have to sell a lot more of them to make a big profit so, and you have to sell a lot of rabbit meat to recoup those costs. So again, you run the numbers on what you think you're going to make profit wise per animal. You consider what this building's going to cost you. You write down the material list and you kind of think this out and, uh, weigh it up against it and say, does it make sense for me to sell rabbit meat or just eat it myself? There is money in selling rabbit meat after a while and on a large enough scale. But again, if you're building from scratch, it's going to take a little bit to recoup your costs. Now, if you were throwing this up in an, an existing building, you'd be making a profit almost immediately. I mean, because all you really have to cover is the cost of your cages and whatnot, and just after, and just a couple births of your of your does, and you're making money after that. So, uh, this is just going to take a little longer. You're probably going to, like I said, go about a year and a half before you're going to start seeing a decent profit over your expenses. So. There's that. Now, what did I do for a setup? Because I do have a rabbitry, and it's in a separate building. 
and I've got almost no money in it. I mean, my total op, my total setup, cages and all, I probably got less than $300 in it. Now, how did I do that? Well, let's just talk about a little bit about what I built. Now, I took I had old privacy fencing. I put up new fencing around my property, and I had old privacy fencing, okay? And some of the some of the sections were in pretty decent shape. I come off on a lean-to on my garage, and I went 10 foot out, and my garage is 24 foot long, so I have a 10 by 24 lean-to that I built on the side of my garage. Uh, coming off the roof of my garage, it's 9 foot tall, Privacy fence is six feet tall, so I have a not, I have a three foot drop on that lean to over ten feet uh, coming off the I just attached right to the trusses coming off my garage with and I used two by fours I didn't go two by sixes I didn't go anything heavy because I'll tell you why here in a minute but I angled those two by fours down right off the trusses um, I actually ran a board across the uh, post that I put the privacy fence up on and I laid the the two by fours right on there and I made angled down trusses with two by fours right off my garage. Like I said, it's a three foot drop. So it's got a good pitch on it. No snow or anything like that sets on it. And you guys know, after listening to this podcast for a while that I'm a truck driver while well, I used to own my own business. And in my own business, we ran flatbed semis. Um, well, one thing about flatbed semis is we have a lot of big tarps, heavy duty, uh, very heavy duty tarps that are made for really extreme weather. And they were made to go down the road at 70 mile an hour for years and years and years and not really wear that bad. So these things are very expensive and they're very heavy duty. And guess what? I had some of those laying around, so I didn't have to buy a roof. I stretched one of those heavy duty tarps across the roof and it it works great. Snow doesn't set on it because of the pitch of that roof and it slides down it real easy. And these things are extremely heavy duty and probably last me 10 years at least on that building. Okay. Probably more because these things are, you know, I'm not really putting them in the wear of the tear of the weather. They're in the shade because of the garage. I put it on the shady side of my garage, so it's not really getting sun beaten. Uh, it's not really, it's not getting any kind of wind beating, except for just when there's a bad storm kicking up. Things going to last a long time. Okay, so I saved a lot of money there because it's something I already had. The two by fours were actually uh, leftover two by fours from when I built my fence all the way around my house. Uh, so I had a lot of extra two by fours. The privacy fence didn't cost me nothing. I went on the inside of that privacy fence and I chicken wired it. And then I put tarps all the way around to keep any kind of breeze from coming through the, actually I put the the tarp first and I chicken wired over the tarp, but that keeps any breeze or small animals from breaking in like raccoons and possums, things like that. It keeps them at bay. Um, people are going to say, well, they can eat, they can tear through chicken wire. Well, when it's attached to the wood and a tarp, they'd have some trouble ripping through that. They're going to have to break the wood and the chicken wire, which is, you know, it's going to be a real difficult. I've never, nothing's ever got in there in a couple of years now. So, uh, it's not really an issue. Um, so that's my walls, uh, again, and this thing doesn't look bad. I mean, I could, you know, take pictures of it and show you, and it, it doesn't even, it just looks like a, an extension. It looks like a lean to with, with fence around it on the outside and on the inside, it, 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 you know, it's pretty solid. It feels like a room and it feels like an extension of my garage inside. And it gives you more of a feeling like a barn inside of it. Uh, I hung, I didn't double my cages because it's 24 feet long. I just hung my cages straight down the length of that, uh, inside on both sides. And I have about a three and a half foot walkway right down the middle because I didn't double my cages. Uh, I could put them all the way back against the wall that is tarped. Um, and uh, so that allowed me a little more space down the middle because I could push them all the way back without leaving that space for like waste to drop down behind cages. And then I just built waste collection area right underneath the cages. It's all tarped in, keeps my aisle way clean. 
And uh, that's what I did. And now, how did I save money? I, that just still doesn't add up because I still had to buy cages. I told you, you probably have 350 bucks in the cages. I found cages on Craigslist. Um, there was somebody selling their little rabbit operation, and I bought two uh, cages that were real long. They're, uh, they're uh, three, 36 by 36 inch cages, and they're all attached. Four holes in each cage, each setup, each length. So there's eight cages, uh, two sections. I put them on the walls on both sides, and then I even built a grow-out pen at the very end of that, and it's just literally a pen. Uh, just uh, put fencing down on the floor so they couldn't dig out, um, put a little door on it, and when they have their babies and they're weaned, they go in that grow-out pen at the very back, and that's where I raise them. And you could do something similar to that too. And they're right on the ground. This has a dirt floor, so urine soaked up, and I do have to go in there and clean up that floor uh, after processing. Uh, because, you know, I, I let them kind of just pile up and I'll throw a lot of straw in there and stuff for them to put their, you know, and then they'll just kind of mix their waste in with that straw or whatnot. And I always clean it up real good before the next batch goes in there. And that's, that's my operation. And, you know, I think as big as what you're planning on, what I set up for you, um, I don't run as many rabbits cause I don't sell the rabbit meat. I eat it. So I don't have to, I don't have to breed near as many rabbits to supply meat that I want. Um, a couple rabbits, uh, supplies me, um, all the meat I need two or three breeding does three or four times a year is all the rabbit meat I need for a year. So, uh, you, you're looking to sell it. You're going to have to breed a lot more and have more does. So that's what I have for you on the setups. I hope it give you some ideas. Now I, I know that I was pretty vague on a lot of things there on, on, on certain setups. And that's because man, there's a thousand ways you could do this, you know, and I hope I just gave you some ideas, help you brainstorm it. And got you thinking about some different ways you could set it up. I did put some of those resources that you can look at. Three things in a list. I've got the um, exhaust fan with the automatic shutters. I've got the galvanized welded uh, cage wire, the mesh rolls. And I've put a link to the uh, the brass rabbit nipple gravity feed starter kit. And it comes with everything. The thing for the bucket, the hose, the 20 of the... Uh, the watering nipples for the rabbits that attached attached to the cages. It's got the whole setup, and you can look at that on Amazon. and And I think that would get you started anyway. This will get you thinking about what you might need. You said you didn't have a place to start. Hopefully, this will uh, get you starting. Maybe you're thinking of going bigger than what I said. Uh, maybe not as big. Uh, you know, you can scale up or down to what I told you about today. So I hope uh, everything I shared with you helps. Um, recommendations. The recommendation I have for you today is for anybody getting involved in meat rabbits is I want to tell you about the best meat rabbit Facebook group you could possibly join. It's called Backyard Meat Rabbits. If you are interested in raising meat rabbits or you are raising meat rabbits, but you're not part of this group, go to Facebook, join Backyard Meat Rabbits. I'll have a link in the show notes to that Facebook uh, group. When I first started raising meat rabbits, that group, I don't go there much anymore, but that group. I learned everything I needed to know about raising rabbits in that group. I did. And I even bought my first rabbits from a person in that group. <laughs> so, uh, it's a great group to be a part of. And I don't, like I said, I don't hang out there much anymore. I'm still a, a member of that. It's a closed group and I'm still a member of it. I don't go in there and hang out much anymore, but I'm telling you, if you're new to rabbits or looking to know more about meat rabbits, be part of that group. It's a great Great group. I know you have to request to join. It's a closed group, but uh, I don't think there's any problem with that. 
and uh and there's a lot of folks in there it's a big group but there is just a ton ton of valuable information being shared in there every day so go check that group out today on the homestead life segment i'll talk about something that i that's better in my life because of homesteading and that's um fishing i know it's a little off topic but uh you know i really enjoy i guess it's on my mind because uh, i got a vacation coming up here and i'm hoping i can get two or three days of some heavy fishing in I mean, it's kind of a staycation, but, uh, you know, I plan on doing a lot of work around here, but I'm also hoping to get out for two or three days and do a lot of fishing. Uh, I've only been out once this year so far and I need to get out and do more fishing. So I really enjoy providing for the homestead through fishing. It's always been fun for me. I've always ate some of what I've caught, uh, long before I was ever homesteading, but now I not only look at it as recreation, but actually as an act of provision for the homestead. It's, it's become another way of putting healthy food on the table in the home. And, you know, it's a good feeling to know you're accomplishing something meaningful for yourself and your family. And plus, it's just fun, you know. And when I can have fun and provide for my homestead, it's a win-win, you know. So fishing is something that I really enjoy. And since I started homesteading, the act of providing for my family through fishing is something I really enjoy. So it's better in my life because of homesteading as good as fishing was it became even better because of homesteading so that's what i wanted to share with you today in the homestead life segment uh if you want to submit a question for the podcast and i and i've been getting quite a few questions lately guys and i really appreciate it uh you can send your questions to ask at smalltownhomestead.com or call or text in your questions to our voicemail line at 765-203- one nine four nine submit as many questions as you want as often as you like i will get to as many of them as i can or i feel like i can answer and i really really appreciate you guys sending those in it, it makes this so much easier uh this podcast is made possible by those who join our homestead forum membership community to learn more about that go to the homesteadforum.com and learn all about being a member all about those awesome benefits of being a member and get you get to support this podcast. So really appreciate all the members. We need all the members we can get, guys, because um, the more I can, more memberships I have, the more I can do. Obviously, um, it's not an expensive membership, but uh, the more people that join, uh, of course, it really helps pay the bills around here and makes it possible for me to even do more. And uh, we're uh, constantly looking at things we can do more of to. Uh, to help folks out and do more with this, uh, what we're doing. You know, when I first started this, it was just simply me sharing, uh, what I was doing to, uh, to help other people get started. And it's really turned into a thing, you know, I mean, it's just turned into something so much bigger than I ever thought it would be. And the Homestead Forum membership community really helps that happen. So go be a part of that. We have a lot of fun in there. I get to do the live chats with folks in there every week and and get extra podcasts and just all kinds of stuff. Go check out all the benefits by going to thehomesteadforum.com. The show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 91. And thanks for joining me today, folks. And uh, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.